This is Budget Line, a special series for the TripCast. Hi, I'm Amon Bathija with Ross Ramsey. This is Budget Line, our occasional podcast on how the state of Texas figures out how to spend your money. Today, we're talking about budget riders, those provisions that allow lawmakers to guide state policy by controlling the purse strings. Lawmakers technically can't make law in the budget, but if they were to rider in the right way, they can get pretty close. When you control the, the money, the agency will pretty well do what the legislature wants them to do. That's Jim Pitts, a former Republican representative from Waxahachie who served for years as the House's chief budget writer. He's now a lobbyist who sometimes has clients hoping he can influence what writers do or don't make it into the final budget. Pitts recalled that over his 22 years in the House, writers often became the focus of some heated political battles, including those with the governor's office. But we were always trying to figure out a way that would insulate certain items that couldn't be. And, we, and you do that through rider. Sometimes you, you have a special project. You must add a funds appropriated above. The agency is to do this and do this and do this out of those funds appropriated above. So you're kind of directing the agency. The Texas budget is almost a thousand pages, and there are hundreds of riders in it. Over the budget negotiations, riders are constantly being rewritten, taken out, or added in. Sometimes lawmakers won't truly grasp all the riders that make it into the budget until after it's passed. Pitts recalled the trouble he once had trying to insert a rider to put money toward a feral hog abatement program near his district. Well, there was a member of appropriations that did not did not think there was a feral hog problem, so I waited till that member that would opposed it left to go to the bathroom. And I proposed and got it put in. Did it stay? Yeah. Riders don't get as much attention as bills from the public, but for some groups, they're more important. The entire session hinges on a single budget rider for the Texas Ports Association. Way back in 2001, the legislature passed a law creating the Port Access Account to help pay for infrastructure projects. In the 14 years since, lawmakers have never put any money in that account. But this year, on page 681 of the Senate budget, there's a rider that Texas Ports Association President Eduardo Camperano is hoping We'll make it to the final version. There is a Senate budget, and in Article 7 of the Senate budget, there is a provision to provide some funding for the Port Access Account Fund. It's uh, $12.6 million. Uh, obviously, uh, f- from the program perspective of what we prepared and submitted to demonstrate viable projects and the kind of investment. It is not enough, you know, we were asking for 50, but 12.6 million in an era where we've never received any money, certainly that is very encouraging. Uh, That will have to be reconciled on the House side, obviously, to maintain uh, the Senate budget of 12.6 million. Since the Senate already approved a budget with that rider in it, the Port Association has been focusing their efforts on the lead budget negotiators in the House. Here's John Roby with the Port of Beaumont. This has provided us an opportunity to uh, explain to those members of the House, particularly those that are not in a coastal district, why the ports of Texas are important to the entire state. And really, that I think what it boils down to is we're explaining to them why the ports are important and why we would like 
funding from the state for our infrastructure projects. So whether the rider putting money for ports projects stays in will depend on whether the House decides to support it. If a rider is already in both the House and Senate budgets, chances are good it'll make it to the final draft. That's the case for my favorite rider, which has been in every state budget for years. It says the Texas Department of Transportation can't use state funds to move the exit ramp for exit 359 of Interstate 35 by more than 1,000 feet. Why on earth is that in the budget? Back to Jim Pitts. I represented Hill County, Ellis and Hill County at that time. And someone came to me that were, was representing the, the community and also a certain business in the community of Abbott. And 35, Interstate 35 was being reconstructed and, uh, and widened. And one of the major source of income for this little community was a certain service station that was going to be bypassed by the engineering of 35. So the city of Abbott, population 360, was worried that if their exit ramp on I-35 was moved, their service station would lose most of its customers and the town would be out a major source of its tax revenue. So we put a rider in that you could not isolate that particular business, so the exit would have to be where people could exit and go into this particular business because uh, we were just trying to save the economy of this small town. And that's Budget Line. If you have ideas for future episodes, email us at budgetline at texastribune.org. 